a musical adventure. New artists, new musicians, and everyone involved in the world of music. Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is J-Rod Concerts the Podcast with your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Let's find out what we have this episode. I just came to say hello to the J-Rod Concerts listeners. Hello, hello. How are you all? This is your host, Jamie Rodriguez. How's everybody doing? Hope everyone is having a great uh, end of February here, wherever you are. I know the the spring is showing signs of life here in Tennessee. I can't wait. Honestly, look, I'm not a complainer with the weather, but my God, around this time, it always, you know, I need some sunlight. We need some sunlight in my life. So, but anyway, thank you guys for joining. Appreciate all you guys do to support us. Um, for those of you that are new, you know, welcome to the show uh, where we talk to up-and-coming musicians, current hit makers, and musical legends. We also have this on video, if you're so inclined on our YouTube channel, J-Rod Concerts Media, or any of our social channels at J-Rod Concerts Media. And um, today we're very excited, ladies and gentlemen, because we have a British four-piece that is taking the rock and roll world by storm. They're called Black Honey. They're forming Brighton, England in 2014. And we have the lead singer and guitarist, Izzy Baxter Phillips, on the show. And you guys are quickly going to realize what a special human she is. Not only is she one of the best front women in rock and roll, because you guys ought to check it out on YouTube, but God, what an insightful and perfect conversation. And uh, we could have talked for another five hours, honestly. So uh, she was great. She was great. She was great. I think you guys are going to love them. Uh, they released one of the hardest albums last year called A Fistful of Peaches that took them to the biggest festivals in Europe, and they are um, surely about to take over the U.S. too. So, um, yeah, so thrilled to have uh, to have um, Izzy on the show. Check them out, Black Connie. You know the Brits have good taste. And, uh, yeah, onwards on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Let me see. Where is Izzy Baxter Phillips? Hello. There she is. How are you doing, Izzy? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate that. No problem. My pleasure. Of course, of course. We have, you know, the lead singer and guitarist of Black Bounty, Izzy Baxter Phillips. I know Baxter, uh, Baxter is our, is our uh, middle name, enduring middle name. But uh, yeah, Fistful of Peaches, great album out last year from my audience. And the new single, Lemonade. Congratulations, it's a raging success. And it's really, really great, actually, Izzy. Thank you so much. Of course. But yeah, always great to see you, Izzy. Uh, love your band. Love everything you guys stand for. And, you know, Izzy, let's start with this because, you know, I always love to talk about like bands and their influences and all that stuff. And I was reading about you, Izzy, and your love for kind of like Nirvana and the White Stripes and all that stuff. What was your first concert, Izzy? What was your first concert? My first concert, I think, well, it depends if you count like Party in the Park when I was like seven because i don't i don't remember enjoying that at all and hating it um and being like really frustrated that i couldn't see the stage so i don't really count that one but the first one i properly remember going to was um it was good charlotte with my friend charlotte and then shortly after that was biffy clyro who i'm still a huge fan of okay good charlotte that's a good one 
that's a good one because seeing you guys perform, I mean, I, I've been seeing some videos of you in Barcelona and some other festivals. Is he? I can't remember which one, but there is like a th there's like a theater element to your shows. Is he? Like to the proceedings and like David Bowie. Uh, so and it's more than a show, basically. So I was thinking, you know, like maybe was there like a show? Was it the chart? Was there something else that you saw as little easy backs during the UK and you were like, that's what I want to do with my life. I don't, I don't know if I decided then that that's what I wanted to do in my life, but I do remember thinking like um, that it was just so amazing to hear the music live in the room and experience the um, the energy of an, a lot of the crowd. I really enjoyed being in a mosh pit and like getting on my friend's shoulders and getting stuck into the um the live music energy. One sec, I need to call in the room next to us. I'm just gonna close the door. Cool. Yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting you mentioned that because definitely that you Okay, passion is like one of the best ones in the world, you see. As I'm sure you know, it's not like that everywhere in America, you know. But um but yeah, but 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 is he like at what point did you did you go from you know, because you live that experience as a fan and that energy. But at what point do you make your shift to be like, you know what, like I can actually do this. Like I, I can write songs, I met Chris, but like I think I am capable of like transferring this energy that influenced me into like like i can actually like do this i can be the vessel yeah i think that's interesting point to make because i remember thinking that i was going to be a guitarist for ages and then realizing that i wasn't really that great at guitar or like cared that much about it um and so i i think i got into the idea of writing souls but didn't really know how to write them but knew that I would enjoy performing on stage but it also felt at the time like if if you think that you can get on stage and entertain someone you better be good at it like it sort of felt like arrogant or something to be like oh like I'm gonna I can be the person that you look at and take all your attention for this amount of time like I don't know I just felt like you, you're either a bit delusional um, or you're a bit arrogant or a bit of both. And turns out I must have had both of those qualities because look at, look at me now. But I think you have to be, like you said, Izzy. And, you know, I feel like you get overlooked sometimes in the conversation when people talk about, you know, the great rock females, so, uh, front women that we have right now. You know, people talk about wet leg, you know, friend of our show, Larkin Poe, Hayley Williams, that kind of stuff. And I think you're you're right up there, quite honestly. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? I feel very honored that you would consider me in that category. Um, I, yeah, sometimes I think when you're an artist, you have like delusions of grandeur, and sometimes you think, "Oh, amazing at something," and then the rest of the time, you just have really low self-esteem, and you feel that like you can't do anything, and it's sort of a pendulum between those two experiences. So like i know that like when i go on stage like i like how nick cave kind of talks about people or artists go for a transformation when they're on stage definitely relate to that because i don't really think i'm the same day to day as i'm on stage but um i think like um i think 
this is all part of being an artist and I'm it's something that I'm passionate about and I wanna I wanna keep doing it to be honest with you. I just as long as I can keep performing and touring and having fun with my band, then I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? It's it kind of you kind of forget about like how do I want to be seen or how do I want to be compared? Yeah. You just think more about oh what what would I enjoy doing in my life? Yeah. And this is it, you know? Also if it thought too much about that stuff, I think I would be putting too much pressure on myself to become something great you know well i hope and i think the secret to black bunny quite frankly would be um i I mean i do think this is your purpose but i think that just more the theater the the theater element or the music just listening to your lyrics i mean you're you're a heck of a songwriter easy and i think that like a song like lemonade you know it's it's great it's a great tune it's catchy you know you hear it in the airports it's awesome but there's depth to it there's step to there's like you know, I think it's like there's like a societal criticism to it, I think. Uh, and I think that that is what really sets you like to a deeper level. People may not even know it. You know what I mean? I think I, th- I think you're, you're getting into like deeper themes. Thank you. I try. Well, I find everything really unbearably shallow most of the time. And so I think when artists try and write songs, they're trying to access the deeper things. I think words don't service us very well. Um especially in expressing the nuances of situations. Like, it's only since doing therapy that I've, I've realised that everyone experiences, like, multifaceted layers and quite deeply textured emotions. And, yeah. like, you can experience seven different emotions at the same time and they all have, like, an interlinking thing. And the only thing that we actually get to, like, create that is music. Like, there's not... We have, like, happy and sad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that language has got some really great words out there. And, like, I love, I love finding out unusual words and descriptions but we don't really we use the sort of the lowest denominator of com- of communication and expression day to day and this just feels like a space where i can express something more um not to say that i'm trying to do stuff but intellectual style like sometimes it just it happens naturally and you can't force it because if you force it then it will just sound like you're trying to make a point rather than saying just whatever you feel at the time i do have quite a critical viewpoint on like i I think i am a bit of a punk in terms of how i see things and feel a bit like what's the fucking point most of the time i'm just like we're on this dead burning planet that we're all just fucking up and it's like it's hard to not see that reality for what it is and be like what's the point in like bringing kids into this world and what is the point in doing anything and like why and like why were we tra- why were we sent to school to be trained to become like these these like capitalistic like machines when like with school school we didn't learn anything other than how to like earn someone else more money or a corporation more money and like no one in school taught you oh like here's how you look after yourself or like here's here's how you regulate your emotions or all the shit that I could have done with learning like, I didn't learn any of that I've just been like good at I just got good academically because that's what earns money do you know what I mean I, the whole my whole outlook is probably quite cr- critical to be honest I see what you're saying and I relate it's almost like how well can you memorize the system you know? yeah 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 exactly totally I, I hear you but I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you what I think it is and, and you're in therapy you mentioned you're, you're in therapy which is great everyone should go to therapy have you maybe thought that I was thinking about that I think part of your like of your of your uh, purpose, Izzy, 
is, I mean, you've talked about ADHD and mental health for a minute now, but part of the devotion that so many people connect to you and your band and the Yale fans is because you're not only making them rock, but you're also giving them insights into their minds. You're giving them insights into fulfillment versus like shallow joy. Have you thought about that? Like maybe like part of the, of the journey that you're intended to do is kind of to spread that love that you are like harboring within yourself. Um, well, I, I really like, I think that's a very flattering perspective. I, I find it hard to know about purpose. Like we're speaking a fair bit about that here, but I don't know if I believe that I was, I was meant for something so much. I know what, I know, I, in a way, I know what I'm, I'm meant to be doing to be happy, but I don't, I don't know if there's like, uh, necessarily much of like a spiritual element that I have to, to that. But I do feel like driven, I guess is the, is the right word, like to, to create a space for people that I relate to or that I know, like, I have experiencing similar things to myself. And I've always felt like an alien or an outsider my whole life. And so the only time that I feel like I can be myself is almost through music and on stage. And I think that there's probably fair, it's probably more common than than I've realized. Like people are quite lonely, hum- like beings are lonely. And because of also like what we've, what this structure is of society that we've created where it's like, I think we're supposed to be like in tribes and we're supposed to be like you know making music singing around a campfire we're supposed to be painting the cave walls and we're engineered to to function really well in this kind of um more pr- primitive version of of life and now we're in this world where we're all in flats in a in a city with artificial lights and um no one's even building fires really that much and at least in the western world and you know we're not really doing all of the things that our innate programming is conditioned to and i find it funny because i went on holiday recently and we had a villa that was um was heated by fires and it made me tap into something in me that felt like comforted and soothed by the human the humanity of building a fire and yeah. being real. And I just think that there's a disassociation, um, like generationally between like what we're actually what 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 will actually give us happiness and fulfillment and what we're actually what we created now. Like we have no biological um programming that's gonna protect us or like can navigate social media. Yeah. Like there's no genetics codes for that so obviously it's gonna buck with our heads and make us depressed you know that's so interesting um why do you think and, and thank you for your time you see you know just a couple more questions but why do you think that is like why do you think that because i'm totally with you uh i like I, I totally connect with what you're saying i think the same why do you think that i feel like it's almost like being done on purpose like somewhere somehow some who like that they're taking us away from that contact with nature, social media fucking us up, shit, all the food that is like blocking our third eye, all that shit. Why, like, why do you think that is? It's just between us two here. Hmm. 
Interesting. I like the theory that there's a higher power, but I think I read this thing the other day about generational amnesia, they called it, where it was like, basically for every 10 years that passes, we get 10 years more forgetful of like what came before us. So just like, you know how like boomers are really good at map reading because they didn't have iPhones, like, or we, I couldn't do, if you handed me a map, I wouldn't even know what to do with it. Do you know what I mean? And, um, I'd, and I'm sure there's versions of people in the future that will have different different things like that and even just beyond that generation there's you know people that used to use the stars to navigate like I think historically there's a sort of um forgetfulness and like I feel like I don't know like I, I love the idea of like there being some sort of spiritual embedded element to it but it's almost to me like I feel like oh, I wish there was, but I feel like there's just too much. We're just too much like these science experiments. We're too much like this creation, and like I feel so. Um, I would love so much to have a more of a, a spiritual grounding because people, if I felt like I had a spiritual direction or sense in what I was doing, I think I would feel more content with it. But I just feel so dystopian in respect to like I feel like we're just we're put on this earth and we just like we're like these blobs and we just like bobble about until we die just like having um an ant um when they had the ant farm you know when we were little those those kinds of things where it's just like we just fucking exist and i, I feel like um a cre- in there's a beauty in that you create and you you go in and you draw your life you create your own fate and you build your own destiny or whatever like there's a power to it in the sense that you're like this is this is my i feel like this was this world is also mine for the taking and and, and i want to go and enjoy it and see everyone and do everything and and tap into my inner world as well and yeah. so yeah i don't, I don't really know what i'm going about but, yeah, we, could, but <laughs> we, could, no, we could talk about that for 17 hours and you know what when we when we cross paths backstage somewhere we'll continue that conversation <laughs> But then we'll deal with this one, Izzy. Um, you know, I, I've had, I've had, I have some friends in Nashville where we're based that are on your trajectory where they step onto a festival and they make 60,000 people roar. But then I, I've seen firsthand that when you step off stage and you're finally unloading and you're by yourself, you're, you're with yourself. Who is Izzy Baxter when you step off the stage? Like, like when you're with the people that love you and that you love, like, who are you? Like, what do you need and what matters to you? I think I'm like much more childlike and more fragile and I'm like, I feel like I'm a toddler and I think like the caricature that I've invented for stage is like this super villain and the more I'm like ripping off that um, cape as it were, I feel more vulnerable and sensitive and like the world just feels like incredibly raw and painful all the time. Like, the news makes me cry on a good week. You know, at the moment, it's just, like, I feel like I'm beyond processing capacity with the amount of, like, worldwide devastation, war, and deaths that we're having to process. Like I'm still not, like, mentally recovered from seeing mass graves on COVID or seeing, um like, George Floyd getting killed on Twitter and shared around. Like, I, I feel... That all, that just, it, everything just hurts too much. Everything just, it, it's like a hundred levels of 
no skin or something. Yeah. Well, I love I love my family and I love um I love spending time in the garden. I love gardening and being around nature. Well, Lizzie Baxter, you've said it all for today. Listen, you're a, you're a great artist, but an even better soul. And we're really happy that we got to connect, and that you know you have a you have a support here in Nashville, and we we hope to cross paths. Oh, I'd love to come out to Nashville one day. It's an absolute dream to go and visit you guys. Oh my God, we there's a there's a there's a hole for you to bring that light. <laughs> Whenever you want to come, it's right there for you. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me. All right, love the evening or yes, day. Bye. You have been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.